0: A week ago today, I was sitting quarantined in my bedroom with an upper respiratory infection um, of unknown origin, possibly COVID-19, although we have no proof, no testing, no testing in this country, apparently. Uh, But in any case, I was sitting in my bedroom quarantined and I knew that I needed to get in touch with a friend I had been in the bedroom for five days at this point uh no, actually an entire week it had been it had been since the day I released the uh fear episode. I went into quarantine and then one week later was Uh, in need of a friend. And so I decided to call uh, a good friend of mine who I've known since elementary school and arrange an interview. Uh, He is an independent musician and seemed like exactly the type of person that I could use inspiration from uh, in a tough time. My friend has a name <laughs> um, but he decided he wanted to do this interview in character as his uh musical alter ego uh so you're about to hear my interview with chinner who is probably one of the stranger musicians that i'm personally acquainted with but certainly a wonderful man so um if you are at all interested in finding any of the any of chinner's material any of his many albums that he's put out uh check out the episode description um i'll have links to his website his discography and to some specific songs that he recommended for this audience so uh i'm for the most part going to allow the interview to speak for itself so just uh sit back relax and enjoy and i'll catch you on the other end
1: I've known you for a while. I've known you, You said your your uh, bio on your website says that you weren't so much born as you fell out in 2007. <laughs> yeah. And I've known you since 2007. I've known you since before 2007, since before you're falling out slash being born. But I think probably most of the people <laughs> who uh, are watching and or listening to this are not quite so familiar with you. So I'm curious if you would be willing to introduce yourself a little bit tell us who you are and what got you into music you're a musician so what got you into music
2: so um, yeah I'm Jinner. I'm, uh, I make music really I've always been into music so it's something that I've wanted to do a mm-hmm. big influence of mine has been uh, Michael Jackson mm-hmm. um, like as a child, I was really into his music. Like that's mm-hmm. like some of my first memories of music is just being into. Um, I what album it was? Really? Not yet. Like yeah, obviously Thriller and all his hits, but uh, I what album came out? One with all the crazy like animals on it and stuff. Mm-hmm. And it Just looks insane. Regardless, I was really into that, and I think dancing as well. So I mm. really was into his whole dance. Stuff in his music video, which mm-hmm. just made me want to get into music, but I couldn't or want to dance, but I never really felt like I could dance. Mm-hmm. So when it kind of went turned around into then having the the interest turned towards the making of the music, which I also couldn't do. <laughs> so, but you learned not,
1: eventually, right?
2: Yeah, in in not being able to do either one of those, I thought it would be easier as I got older to. Learn how to play music and write music, oddly enough, than actually dance. Which, Mm. in the the turnaround, I think it may have been easier to dance than it would have been to make music. Mm. But regardless, that's, you know, that's kind of what got me into it. Sure.
1: Okay. So, since 2007, you've put out a bunch of stuff. You put out like, I, f- I should have counted where, how many, you've got like, what, like four LPs and like a bunch of EPs, right?
2: Yeah, I've, I've definitely recorded a ton of music in in the time. Granted, there was a big chunk of time where I stopped recording music. For there five, was? Five, five years, probably. Really? Yeah. What happened? Uh, it became uh, really hard for me to think about recording music in a different way than I recorded my first album. My first LP was uh, recorded straight into my computer from the instruments. So it wasn't recorded through a a microphone or anything. I think some of the vocals, Well, obviously the vocals were recorded through microphones, but the- um,
1: You didn't just like plug a quarter inch jack into your throat?
2: Yeah, no, yeah, exactly. It was- all the instruments were just plugged straight in through my computer with an inbox. And I couldn't, I didn't wanna do the same type of recording for my second album. So I had no clue on how I was gonna record uh, something different than what I recorded the first time. Plus I wanted variety and a different sound. And then I spent about five years trying to figure out how I was gonna do it to no avail and just said, I just need to record these songs that I've written. (laughs) and playing around. In those five years, I had written a good number of songs and just continually played them. So it was like the songs were ready to be played live but, and be recorded and padded onto, but just it was, I was, had no clue on how I was gonna do it.
1: Right. So in the end, did you just go back to, to doing what you knew and recording straight into your computer?
2: Yeah, I did the same uh, for the, the next album after five years of saying, I need to, you know, I need to figure out a different way to do it that I just said, I need to do it. It's been too long. I'm tired of playing these songs. I want to make different music. And um, right. And I recorded the album and I don't think I really did those songs justice in just trying to rush to record.
1: Sure. Yeah. So you didn't quite have the technical skills for getting it the way that you wanted it to be. Uh, but at least you got something out there.
2: Yeah, and I think really what it was was a good kickstart kick to recording the music that I've been doing for the last couple of years because that mm-hmm. after that, the next three albums that I did had a specific sound and way of recording them and then the album that I, my last album and the one that I'm working on right now kind of are the same thing. They have a sound they sound different, but the kind of the way that their belts are the same. Mm -hmm. Cool. But overall, all of them have a different recording techniques and stuff.
1: So that actually, that actually makes me want to ask, like, um, so for one thing, I'm a huge fan of your music videos. I love your music videos. I think they're amazing. (laughs) And so I'm kind of curious, like, not only are you doing, well, I, so like, I'm curious, how much of your music videos are you doing sort of by yourself? Not just your music videos, your music too. All of the things that you produce, how much are you doing by yourself? How much are you um, sort of seeking out technical expertise outside of yourself? Do you have like the same bandmates all the time? Do you use session musicians when you need multiple, multiple instruments? Or if there's instruments you can't play? Like, what, who, who do you go to for help? Uh, when there is something you can't do?
2: There's only one person that I go to for help at this point in time, uh, and she's been a big help. She helped uh, design the or do do the illustrations for Don't Mind Me, Mind the Flowers, or something mm-hmm. like that, whatever the name of that album is. She, <laughs> she did the, the illustration for that for me, from uh, my idea, and then she also helped uh, design the cover for Dreamality, mm-hmm. as well as clean up some of the art the uh, work that I designed for uh, No More Human and Free speech. And beyond that, she's been extremely helpful being the filmographer on a few of my videos where I can't shoot myself. Mm-hmm. So in that, she's been the most help. Other than that, I've only had one other person play on any of my songs.
1: I played on one of your songs once. I played drums for one of your songs.
2: That's true. I totally forgot about that. On the first... Yeah first album i did you you played drums on one of the tracks you played drums on i believe uh over done
1: something like i can't remember the name of the song but i found it the other day when i was going through your discography i was like i want to find that song i want to hear it again yeah, um, i
2: think it i think it was overdone and i um, think that was the song that i had you play on. and i think Austin actually helped me try to try to help record something on that album too so On that album, I had three people try to do some recording. You did drums, I had Taylor do guitar, and then Austin possibly do guitar. Right. I totally forgot about that. Yeah. We were in your your living room when we did that. Yeah. Using your dad's electric drums.
1: (laughs) Yeah. It's not a bad drum kit. Um, My dad still has it set up in his living room. I want to steal it back. Uh, I haven't had the chance yet.
2: Yeah. They're super cool. Yeah. I wish I had one.
1: Uh, Yeah. They're not cheap either. I like looked them up the other day. They're like 500 bucks. So he just like, I don't know, he does this. He'll just like drop 500 bucks on something. He, some toy he wants, just like, I'm going to buy a submarine. It's like, Oh, okay. (laughs) Sure. Why not? Um, but okay. So mostly, mostly you go to one other person for help. Uh, and but yeah,
2: all the all the ideas for the most part come from me. I I don't want to try like I try to keep as much as the music as genuine as possible.
1: Right. Fair. Fair. Cool. Um
2: what would you say really is boring?
1: Is... Boring? Yeah. What's boring?
2: I feel really boring.
1: You feel really boring? Hell oh, yeah. I'm thrilled. I think you're <laughs> fascinating. <laughs>
2: Thank you very kind. Again, as I said, you're, you're, you're a good friend.
1: Well, I mean, put it this way. So like the reason that I wanted to interview you is because, you know, so right now what I'm trying to do is, you know, to make my life sustainable by, you know, being creative. Right. Mm -hmm. And like, just as a pure, like force of will, type of act that like that you've been just creating music for yourself for so long and just doing all this awesome stuff like you're inspirational you know you're, you inspire me like I think about what you do as a musician and I'm like dang man like that's impressive like to have put out any number of albums just by yourself one album is impressive and you've well, got many you. albums and so I'm I'm big into this I think that you're you're I'll just say it again. I think you're an inspiration. So well, I'm really that's, glad to, yeah, you're, I'm glad to you're have part the
2: of hearing that again, that's part of the reason why I make music is again trying to get people to either be inspired or just feel anything. That's always been part of my thing for making music, is connecting. That's why we do it. Like right. thinking about where your music came from. It's like it's tribal and it was a way for us to connect. So right. I still see that. The, it's funny because the whole point of making um, a normal human
1: mm-hmm.
2: was connection, was being like, what are the things that connect us in life? What are experiences that we're all going to basically feel regardless of where we're born? What are life experiences and uh, you know what you do? Right. It's funny because there's, there's a song I wrote about electricity and being like, well, we didn't get on that album because... Not everybody deals with electricity. Right. You're gonna deal with somebody in, you know, parts of the world that never really like get many experiences with like electricity. But at the same time, anybody who's gonna be listening to my songs obviously is gonna have a relationship with electricity because everything right. I have is online.
1: Until you start printing vinyls. Yeah, I don't know if that will ever happen. But maybe. <laughs> Someday. Well, maybe you, we we can hope. hope. We can hope. I'd like to do that. I'd like to be able to print vinyls, but I need to be able to make music first. <laughs> I uh, you, can make, you
2: can make music.
1: Sure, I did. I've done a little bit. So, like last week uh, on the podcast, I I like put like my first ever song like on uh, the like advertisements episode. So, cool. yeah, so yeah it's, it's goofy. It's about thirty seconds long. But it's like, I played the guitar, I sang the song, I wrote the lyrics. I was like, yeah, I can do this.
2: Did you uh, watch the Tiger King?
1: (laughs) Yes, I did watch the Tiger King. I'm not convinced that he wrote or played any of that music. (laughs) He didn't
2: didn't record or play any of that.
1: Yeah, no, like if you watch him in the music videos, like he clearly doesn't know how to strum a guitar. (laughs) He can't even really lip sync terribly well. The voice doesn't sound like him.
2: Yeah, it's it's he he had two guys that he had hired to write and record the songs for, him, yeah, which I, th- I think is funny in the long run. But yeah, that's uh that was a fascinating, yeah, little thing. Isn't that? I mean, heard. that's it's like that like, was
1: Millie Vanilli's whole thing, right? It was like everything was ghostwritten, like couldn't actually perform it, just got up there and lip synced.
2: Pretty good. Yeah. but I mean, they 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 were uh, they were dancers.
1: Okay. Fair enough.
2: Those guys, those guys, groove.
1: Yeah. Um, I mentioned a minute ago, "Force of Will," <laughs> and this is something I bring up pretty much every time I see you, uh, and because I'm still blown away by it. But um, there was a time where you did a year of music, okay. uh, which, where you, my understanding was that every day you would sit down and just write a song just like every day for 365 days straight. So I'm curious if you can tell me a little bit about that experience.
2: Yeah, (laughs) I can, so uh, the idea was to record a new song every day, but it didn't really turn out to be like a new song every day. It was more of like an idea or a demo every day, like Mm. looking back on it now, being like, I wouldn't call those songs. They were more okay. like, some of them were just keyboard lines and some of it was, some of them were multi, you know, instrument songs with vocals and lyrics and stuff. Mm-hmm. But a lot of it was, uh, was just ideas, musical ideas. There were days where I recorded multiple musical ideas or songs and then other days where I didn't record anything. But mm-hmm. in over that year, I recorded over 360 Five musical ideas
1: mm-hmm. so it averaged and, out yeah I mean yeah
2: but I, I see it as a failure in that extent of what the pure essence of I guess it was but in reality the the project was more for me to build those skills up so I could record better I could play better and uh, I think it was a big help in like my uh, music like growing as a musician mm-hmm. and um I did end up with a collection of songs. It was kind of like an album from that that I never put out though. It just was kind of, uh, it's a a lost chinner project.
1: Mm. Do you ever want to put it out or are you just hiding it in the vault forever?
2: Um, I haven't listened to it in years, honestly. Mm. And um, I listened to a lot when I recorded it, trying to think about putting it out, but I, just didn't feel like it was up to standard, too, because I hadn't put out any, like, albums at that point. I had only put out EPs. And I mm-hmm. didn't feel, like, the, the amount of music on it would have been more of an album length, but I didn't feel like it was really an album. Mm-hmm. So kind of just nothing happened. I created some artwork for it, and it was all ready to be, like, released, but I just kind of said, screw it. And, uh, yeah, I don't know, it was, uh, oh... The reason why I haven't listened to it in years is actually my all my EPs, my first ones, and that, and all those songs, the majority of those songs that we were talking about that were recorded, are all on a computer that I don't have access to because I don't have a power charger that could basically turn the computer on. Oh, no. So there's a good handful of all my early music that I just I, I have, but I don't have.
1: Can't get at it.
2: Yeah kinda of sucks. What, like uh, closet.
1: We'll have to we'll have to get you a power cord.
2: Yeah, it's one of those circular Apple ones. Those oh, one of the really
1: old ones, yeah. Yeah. Did like, like light up green when you plugged it in.
2: Yeah. yeah. and
1: uh, I know what you're about.
2: I had like four of those chargers and three of them caught on fire. One of them caught on fire on my lap. Oh no. And then the last one, just the connection got torn. So it was just like, Uh yeah, now I don't have access to all that music.
1: Well, that's probably why Apple switched the charger type because they kept catching fire. (laughs) Yeah, that sucked. Um, Speaking of your music, I want to play one of your songs real quick. This is TTN, which is from Dreamality, right? Yeah. All right, cool. Cool. Why
2: did you pick that song?
1: I don't know. I, I, there were four of them. I like this one. Why? Cool. Tell me. Tell me what you think. Why did I pick that song? I don't know. Why did Why did you pick that song? I asked you which ones you thought I should play. Oh, I don't know.
2: Okay. Because it's on my, my newest recording. But it's interesting that you picked that one because it is definitely the oldest song out of all the songs on that um, that album. All the songs besides that one were recorded in that three-month period that I recorded that album, except for Mm -hmm. that song. That song I had written, like, I wrote that song, like, 10 years ago.
1: Oh, wow, really? Yeah. Okay, yeah, I just sort of randomly picked it. But, you know, so I'll I'll put links to all of the stuff you shared with me um, in the podcast episode description so other people can go and find uh, TTN or Same Noise or This Is Fine and Level Two. Those are the ones that Chinner suggested to me that I play on the show, so.
2: So, could you tell on the TTN and then This Is Fine that the percussion was beatboxed?
1: I, you know, I hadn't thought to listen for it, but I'll go back and I'll check it out.
2: Because that whole album is completely beatboxed.
1: Oh, wow, okay,
2: very cool. cool. I wanted to figure out a different way of recording percussion, and I went, uh, I actually limited myself on the recording of that album by saying I could only use one guitar and my voice. Mm-hmm. So all the, percussion, all the percussion came out of my, my uh, mouth mm-hmm. for the most part, except for the last song. And mm-hmm. then um, the bass and all guitar parts were all just on an acoustic guitar.
1: Oh, wow. That's cool. Yes. Does it, well, okay, I'm curious, Hang on, I need to formulate this question. What does it uh, sort of do for you to impose that sort of restriction on your music?
2: It uh, definitely helps the the process of an album being an album for me, because um, you get a collection of songs that all have a very similar either tone or way that they were built. Mm-hmm. So ev- everything I've been working on basically since, uh, don't mind me, I've done that. I have keep giving myself restrictions or rules to how I'm recording, what I'm recording to keep it in the, like, keep it as an album. Like for me, that like pushed me, like everything I had been working on kept pushing me to make a more cohesive album. And then I got to uh, free speech and um, felt like, I've been trying hard to make a cohesive album. I felt like I started to. Like the first couple tracks, the first like half of the album, I really feels like tells a story. The rest of it, I mean, kind of tells a story and the songs go, but it kind of fell out. I feel like towards the end to some extent or like in the middle, you kind of like you kind of lose sight of what's happening. But it's, it's almost like a character through, through the whole album, even though it was like there's not a character the the idea of uh, forcing myself to have those restrictions gave ended up giving me something of like su- sounding super cohesive to so then not giving a f- about it on the next album I did to then end up having that album again with even harder restrictions sound even more together.
1: Mm. Mm.
2: Like I so to it helps you
1: same. it helps you develop your sound for an album.
2: Well yeah definitely. it it gives it the, it puts me in a direction. Like what I'm doing now is that uh, it's the first time I've ever recorded my guitar, my guitar amp with a microphone.
1: Mm.
2: And um, it's uh, obviously going to give me a completely different sound on what I've been working on in the past. Mm -hmm. And um, yeah, again, like I said, the forcing myself to listen to certain influences at that time too. So it's like everything kind of pushes, the the restrictions all come together and creates that album essentially. Mm -hmm. Mm. And those influences.
1: I have two more questions I wanna ask you. I'm afraid that asking the first of them first will influence the second (laughs) question's answer. And so I guess I'm gonna ask you the second question first. Um, And then I'll ask you the first question second. (laughs) <laughs> but right. um what do you what do you think the and I haven't I haven't I haven't given you these ones ahead of time or I one of them okay. I did, but um but so the second question it only just occurred to me to ask so what do you think the point is for this what do you what's what do you hope that my listeners get out of listening to this interview <laughs>
2: Well, I think the first when I when we started or before we did this it was just exposure. At the end of this, I don't know what they're gonna get from uh, <laughs> rambling.
1: Do you right. have you has this been good? Is you do you was this a good interview in your opinion?
2: Oh no. I think I failed no? hard. I think I Why? you you did you did perfect. You great great job of asking me questions and being lively and alive. Uh yeah, no, I just feel like I'm looking at paper the whole time going like about pages for answers and just going all oh, these pages are like
0: useless wow
1: that's great is there anything yeah. that you want to say that i that i haven't asked you about that you like really wanted to stay out or to like get out to my audience
2: no because i don't really wow. at this point i don't really know what sure. like uh who, who's listening so what the audience is because that's a big part of my music is kind there, of figuring there are like
1: five people
2: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. it's like um, like I think about that a, a lot I used to think about that a lot like who am i making these records for mm-hmm. like I would think about that and in the long run every time I was making everything for myself I always you know when I'm making my music I'm basically going hey, do you think this is interesting? Do you think this is cool? Do you think this has something that, you know, other people are going to like, like? That's always my number one. So it's weird. I make my music for myself all the time, but it's for other people to connect
1: mm-hmm. with.
2: So I don't know. Again, that sounds my, like
1: a good point to me.
2: Yeah, I mean, you I make like it.
1: For yourself, you make it for yourself, but in, in the hopes of creating connection. That sounds beautiful.
2: I mean, that's, that's, that's the general idea of why I do this.
1: Yeah, that's great. Okay, I'll ask my first question now. What's the, uh, what's the hardest part about doing what you do? And, and then how do you deal with the hardness of that?
2: It's funny, because I like, there's like so many different things that end up being hard. And part of the reason why I took that five years off of recording was because I, hate, I hated having to do everything myself. The idea of having to record, play, listen, like edit, and then create art to go with it was all just, it was, it seemed super taxing on my mind. And I spent five years not doing it, but keep kept making music. Then right. I finally went, what the hell am I doing? There's no point in in like writing these songs and doing this if I'm not just making something, something that I can at least share with people right so that was kind of the, the hard part was the actual creation of it which was kind of dumb to say in the long run because what what's the other why do you even do it in the first place if you don't mind in it then why would i want to do it which that's why i don't really give that as my answer now because it's not the hardest part that's part of the best part of it is that mm-hmm. i get to do all of this stuff myself i get to sit there and go hey i made all of this by myself this is all been through me and I've shared it with other people to get I, like you know I want to hear their answers and their opinions on it um, beforehand but it's still again
0: me. it's yours
2: yeah um, yeah that's why I was like this question was uh, one that gave me like the probably was the hardest one for me to probably come up with something to write about mm-hmm. because it's like I'm ready to be like yeah it's hard Everything about it is hard, but it's all like it being hard is part of the satisfaction of making the music, right?
1: It's the tension, right? It's the tension between wanting to make something entirely for yourself and having to make something entirely for yourself. Like it's not easy to do that, but like if you don't do that, then it's not yours, exactly, right? Yeah,
2: exactly. That's a that's a great way of putting it. So for yeah. me, it's it's been uh, like like even thinking about it that you said tension, the times where I I start to build tension because I can't record something the right way because this is what, part of what my answer was that I didn't write anything on was um, it gets really hard at times playing something like twenty times over and over and over and over again not not just because you're hearing it over again and you're getting upset that you're not playing it the way that you want it you're your body starts hurting. My wrist starts locking up. My hands start locking up because I'm holding certain chord progressions for so long, and you know that could be difficult. And then I end up straining my hand to the point of like pain, and like discomfort. And then same with vocals. You keep trying, 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 trying to get a specific sound that I, I hear in my head, and I hear in certain recordings I'm doing. But I'm messing up at this part. That like I blow my voice out. I was saying that was like a hard part and a problem with it, but I didn't want to write that down because like you said, it was that tension is part of the joy of it.
1: Right. Yeah. It's a paradox.
2: Yeah, absolutely. It's it's a crazy feeling. Being like, yeah. uh, like I'm getting super frustrated at playing my guitar, but this is so, like when I'm done, it's like, oh my God, I'm so satisfied with this. Yeah. Or oh, I walk away and the next day I go, I gotta keep doing it another 20 times.
1: <laughs> here we go again.
2: <laughs> yeah, I did a guitar solo the other day and I just felt bad with my girlfriend who had to hear it over and over and over and over and over because I was trying to figure it out as I'm you know, recording it. I'm like, what am I gonna play here? What am I gonna play here? Okay, cool, This is, this part works. And then I get, oh, this part sucks. Okay, play it again, play it again. It's only like whatever. 30 seconds but she has to hear it 50 times
1: (laughs) right it took me 45 takes to get a reasonable guitar riff on my little song that i put into my episode it took like literally 45 takes you know as in garage band with the thing looping Mm -hmm. over and over just like okay here we go i don't know how i mean it's a short riff (laughs) so it wasn't that long in terms of time on the clock but it was it was rough trying 45 times and just all the way up to take 45, just being like, oh, that was terrible. Let me try again. <laughs> you know, there's something to be said for editing. You know, like, uh, it's, it's you, you create the raw material and then you curate the raw material and then you have something real.
2: Yeah, I just you have was, a story. I uh, was reading the Beastie Boys book and they uh, they were talking about leave Scratch Perry like that who said that the way that he does his music is that he basically uses the, the band in the room as the, the paint. So he'll, he'll record live music and then take that live music and then just edit it like crazy. And that's how he yeah. makes his music. So it gets yeah. edited to the point of like, it doesn't even sound anything like what was in the room, but it was, he's just edited it and manipulated it to a point that it's his own. Yeah. He's a crazy guy, though.
1: (laughs) Aren't we all? (laughs) Um, So, I guess that's that's all I've got, man. It's also we've been going for a little bit longer than I said we would. It's about ten minutes past the hour.
2: Yeah, but I couldn't get. I couldn't get on. (laughs) Sorry. I couldn't get on.
1: (laughs) Yeah, but that's all right. You know, I mean, as you know, I was I was hoping we could just chat for a while, and I'm glad that we did. Um, I didn't hear you. No worries. I was just saying, I was hoping we could chat for a while, and I'm glad we got the chance to. Thanks very much hey, for doing no, sorry, the interview, sorry, man.
2: You're, sorry you're stuck in
1: the room. Yeah, I'll be out before too long. I've got two more nights until the quarantine rules say I can come out.
2: Yeah. All right, man. Well.
1: Enjoy <laughs> enjoy your afternoon.
2: You too, okay. man. but so better.
1: Thank you. I, mean, I will.
2: Take care, man.
0: <laughs> For me, there are a couple different points to this episode. I think the first of them should be that it is often a struggle to be authentically yourself. It's interesting to me that this friend of mine who I've known uh, since elementary school (laughs) chose to do an interview that You know, makes this point uh, under a pseudonym. I can't speculate as to why he decided to do that. But it is interesting to me nonetheless that it is hard to do things for yourself. You know, he makes the point that when you want something to be truly yours, you end up bumping up against your limitations pretty quickly. You have to expand them if you want to be able to create something for yourself that is new, but that is also you. A second point is that there are good reasons to put yourself through that struggle. There are good reasons to attempt to be authentically yourself and to create things for yourself in that this is one of the best ways that we've found to make connections with each other. By challenging yourself to be who you are, you give other people the space to do the same. For me... That's more or less exactly what I'm trying to get out of doing this. I didn't know how to make a podcast before I started doing this. I still don't know how to make music. I didn't know how to write a dissertation before I started doing that either. But I've been doing it. And in doing all of these things, I've built relationships with... You know, with these friends who do other creative things. Fatima, working on coffee uh, with my advisor... With my wife. And in the end, there's really nothing more valuable than that. Struggling to live your life and helping out those who are struggling to live theirs. My name is Evan Coles Harris. Thanks very much for listening. This has been All Creation. Of course, as always, a special thanks to my patrons on Patreon. If you would like to be a patron on Patreon so that you have access to the full unedited interview with Chinner, uh, feel free to go to patreon.com slash Harris and sign up to make recurring monthly donations. The interview is available at the $15 a month tier, but even below that there's plenty of other perks, so feel free to check it out. Music in this episode came from Chinner. And nowhere else. If you'd like to send me a message, uh, feel free to shoot an email to evan at evanmadeathing.com or go to anchor.fm slash all creation, click the message button, and leave me a voicemail. Who knows? Maybe I'll make it onto the show. Thanks. Catch you all next time.